How did you happen to get in here? I ran here. You scared the daylights out of me last night. Seems like the truth shouldn't scare anybody, man or boy. Hello everyone and welcome to When It Was Cool Dark. I'm your host Carl. This podcast is produced and distributed by WhenItWasCool.com. Hope you'll check us out. Hope ultimately you'll become a Patreon supporter there at WhenItWasCool.com. That supports our website and our podcasting network, including this show. And it's not just a, hey, you know, pay as you go, tip us if you will kind of thing. You're going to get a lot of value for your $5 a month, if that's where you choose to come in at. Uh, that'll get you at instant access to over 2,000 podcasts in our archive, including the entire back catalog to when it was cool dark. And uh, you have joined us in amongst a series called 100 of the Darkest Moments in Pop Culture History, where we're talking about tragedies, scandals, uh, dark moments in the history of popular culture. And this week's show is certainly a very dark one. Now, we're nearing the conclusion of this series. At what point in time we're going to uh, change course again and uh, when, here on When It Was Cool Dark. We've done this a few times over the existence of our show to keep things fresh and interesting. And we've about run the course here. But I've got to tell you, today's show's disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. We're going to be talking about uh, some uh, some very uh, disturbing things. Uh, children, certainly, I would not advise uh, letting your children listen to this show. Again, listener discretion, strongly advised. I have been a law enforcement officer for over 30 years. And uh, some of the things that we're going to talk about in today's show, well, quite honestly, they they bother me. And I've dealt with this type of stuff before from the prosecution end of things. We're going to be talking about Jared Fogle. And uh, Jared Fogle was all over pop culture in the early 2000s. He was the subway guy. Yeah, he was the guy who lost supposedly 200 and uh, I think 45 pounds eating subway sandwiches. Look, I'm skeptical about that. Come on. Uh, Maybe that's 100% true. I feel like the guy probably had gastric bypass surgery or something like that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's completely off base. But I I am very skeptical he lost all this weight just eating Subway sandwiches. But that's what the claim is. And so Subway hired this guy as their spokesperson. And he caught on beyond that. He become more than just somebody in a television commercial. He uh, was endorsed by a lot of celebrities. He was picked up as a spokesperson for uh, several government programs trying to encourage a uh, healthy uh, lifestyle. To the, Back in the early 2000s, uh, there was a big movement about, you know, the, the Americans are too obese. We're overweight. People need to lose weight, get healthy. And so this guy comes along and, uh, you know, hey, changed, completely changed my life. And by all accounts, the guy was, you know, very obese from a young age and did somehow or other lose a bunch of weight, presumably by eating Subway sandwiches. 
Hey, look, remember the old $5 foot long Subway promotion? Well, look, our $5 Patreon, a lot better value, and I'm not a predator. So, you know, maybe that's money better spent right there. So why why talk about Jared Fogle? Well, again, he was all over pop culture. Gosh, sporting events. He, he was, uh, you know, hanging out with all sorts of celebrities. He was even hung out with the President of the United States. He was on Oprah Winfrey. He was all over the place doing more than just, you know, the sandwich guy. Well, there's now a documentary about him. He's in prison right now, by the way, so that's why he's on our 100 Darkest Moments in Pop Culture History. Many of you already know this. Some of you may go, what, wait, what? The subway guy is in prison? What for? Did he embezzle money? Uh, Maybe, I don't know. That's not what he's in prison for. Did he, uh, what, what could he possibly have done? Well, he is a predator of the worst type, a pedophile. People Magazine talks about why he's back in the news now. You may have heard, you know, a little bit more about, I've certainly saw some news stories popping up about him recently. That's because there is a new documentary series from ID Channel, Catching a Monster, new ID docuseries chronicles the rise and fall of Subway spokesman Jared Fogle. Again, listener discretion advised. We're going to talk about an article here uh, from Christine Plesky. I have watched this documentary. It is utterly disturbing. Uh, I can't even begin. Again, listener discretion is advised. I've tried to stall long enough for you to get the the kitties out of the room so so they don't need to be hearing this. Jared Fogle was sentenced to more than 15 years in federal prison for possession of child pornography and traveling across state lines to have sex with a minor. Jared Fogle was a college student struggling with obesity when he started eating Subway sandwiches. He ultimately lost 245 pounds and became a popular spokesperson for Subway, attributing his weight loss to eating the chain's sandwiches and incorporating walking into his daily routine. I was reborn in every sense of the word, he said in a 1999 interview with a campus newspaper at Indiana University. Subway helped save my life and start over. I can't ever repay that. But that friendly public image was shattered in 2015, and Fogel's stunning downfall is the subject of a new three-part documentary, Jared from Subway, Catching a Monster. It premiered on ID on Monday, March 6th, and again, right now, it, it is streaming on, uh, on I forget who, who's got the ID channel as part of their, their package. It's, uh, I think, maybe Discovery Plus, something like that. Anyway, it's easily found. Hulu, maybe. I don't recall. Fogel's disturbing secret life became public after federal authorities raided his home and removed electronics and then arrested the director of his charitable foundation, Russell Taylor. Inside Taylor's home, authorities discovered a cache of more than 400 sexually explicit photos and videos that he produced. He shared some of those videos as well as commercially made child pornography that he downloaded from the internet with Fogel. Well, that's bad enough, but trust me, it's going to get way, way worse. Following the FBI investigation, Fogel, a father of two, pleaded guilty and was sentenced to more than 15 years in federal prison for possession of child pornography and traveling across state lines to have sex with a minor. Taylor was sentenced to 27 years in prison on child pornography charges. Yeah, that's what he ended up getting sentenced for. It gets much worse. 
The series will feature insight, or does feature insight, from Florida journalist Rochelle Herman, who helped the FBI investigate Fogel. Taylor's stepdaughters, who were victims of Fogel and their stepfather, will also be interviewed. ID has always had a rich legacy of bringing incredible true crime documentary series to the air. Jared from Subway catching a monster is a powerful new entry in our ever-growing slate of premium limited event series, said Jason Sarlanis, the president of Turner Networks, ID, and HLN, Linear and Streaming. Jared masqueraded as a national hero while hiding a horrific side. We are so grateful to the women who, by courageously sharing their stories, are shining a light on this important issue that affects so many families across America. And, uh, yeah, Discovery Plus, by the way, is where this is uh, presently streaming. So, God, I don't even know where to begin. This is absolutely a horrendous story in every sense of the word let's just go to uh, let's go to radaronline.com for a recent news story by now this is this is also a recent story and uh, we'll, we'll just take this backwards and, and kind of just go where where this leads us uh, look, I, I really hesitate to describe some of the things that he did. I, I'm probably not going to go into super detail about them because they are so horrific. The ID channel actually does go into substantial detail. Uh, again, it's uh, viewer discretion advised on that. Uh, RadarOnline.com said in an exclusive article uh, posted to their website from March 9th, uh, which is just uh, a short short time ago, a convicted subway pitch man, Jared Fogel, is treated like royalty by fellow inmates in prison, says the ex-con who gave him a beatdown. Yes, Jared got apparently punched up there in, in, in prison. Uh, you know, it's, it's well known in culture that sex offenders are not the most popular prisoners, and pedophiles especially have a rough time in prison, but apparently this predator, this monster, this horrible human hell isn't good enough a place for Jared Fogel, quite frankly. Apparently, he got in there and kind of became the Pied Piper of pedophiles. That's, uh, this, like, there is no, there's nothing redeeming about this story. Quite frankly, I think he's, he's serving, like, I don't know, 60 years in prison or something like that. It's like nothing, there is no punishment sufficient for the crimes he's committed, this article says ex-Subway pitchman Jared Fogel was dubbed, quote, God of the Child Molesters and treated like a celebrity, complete with bodyguards by fed fellow pedophile inmates inside his Colorado federal prison. RadarOnline.com can exclusively reveal. In an exclusive interview with RadarOnline.com, Steve Nick, who famously beat the daylights out of Fogel in 2016, said he was infuriated at the way the creep was being held as a conquering hero by other fawning perverts caged at the low-security Federal Correctional Institute in Inglewood. Like I said, there's already words in that in that that makes, I'm sure, people fume, as well they should, low-security prison, you know, treated like, I mean, it's just, there's, I could tell you, of the 100 darkest moments in pop culture history, this this may trump them all. 
I don't know. I don't even know how you how you plot to get any worse than this. The article continues. They don't have much. Nig said, referring to the child molesters, which are nicknamed Comos in prison. That's apparently prison slang for pedophiles. So here comes Jared and Inglewood, and the Comos were like, "Quote: This guy's famous, and everybody's looking forward to seeing him because he's one of us." They looked at him as if he was a god. The gaggle of creeps even assigned bodyguards to protect Fogel, who was sentenced to 15.5 years in 2015 after pleading guilty to child pornography and traveling to engage in illicit sexual conduct with a minor. At some point, Fogel allegedly tried to organize the much-hated Comos to avoid frequent beatdowns from other inmates and demand more privileges from prison officials. By the way, the dude that beat him down looks like nobody to be messing with, quite frankly. For for those of you who are fans of professional wrestling, I know a lot of you follow me over there from our our When It Was Cool Wrestling podcast. The dude looks like Perry Saturn. I mean, he's a ball-headed dude, lots of tattoos, big biceps. He looks like probably nobody you'd want to be messing with. Uh, Article goes on to say, he was going around saying, there's enough of us and we can do this and we can do that in here. Nig, who was released from prison in February after serving 12 years on federal gun charges. So that's what he was in there for. I figured I had enough of this, he said. Fogel showed no remorse and was acting like the girls he molested were nothing, and he was the victim. I lost it. I saw him in the athletic field rec yard, and I went up to him. His two bodyguards looked at me, and they knew who I was, and they said, oh, no. And they ran because they knew I'd go through them if I had to to get to Jared. No problem. <laughs> you can see these body, these child molester bodyguards saying, nope, subway guy, you're on your own here. They just left him hanging, he recalled with a chuckle. Jared tried to throw one punch i saw his shoulder move and i nailed him extra hard only hit him seven times because i had to go saw some people walking around and didn't want them to see me as radaronline.com reported fogel allegedly cried like a five-year-old as he was taken to the infirmary nig who is now 63 years old was eventually caught and sent to the special housing unit for five months but he developed a prison-wide reputation as a pervert punisher dubbed the the culminator <laughs> okay nig was transferred out of inglewood and soon learned that other comos throughout the federal prison system were targeting him for pummeling their beloved perv king some of them believe it or not wanted to have bragging rights saying that they beat me up the guy who beat up jared their leader they loved jared and thought he was the most famous como with him wow Wow. Like, you know, I I don't have much faith in society to begin with, but good grief. E! News Online, in talking about the new documentary that's out, All the bombshells explored in Jared from Subway Catching a Monster. Not many scandals were creepier than one-time Subway pitch man Jared Fogel ending up in prison for having sex with a minor and possessing child pornography. A new ID docuseries delves into the shocking case. There was once a time when Jared from Subway 
brought something else to mind, the striking imagery of a college senior named Jared Fogle showing off the enormous pants he used to wear before he lost 245 pounds in a year while subsisting mainly on Subway sandwiches, resulted in a viral ad campaign for the fast food chain in the year 2000. Fogle, a.k.a. the Subway Guy, became a daytime talk show visiting, motivational speaking, every man with a story you can really get behind celebrity. He started the Jared Foundation to combat childhood obesity and visited his schools all, all over the country. South Park started parroting him as early as 2002, and he appeared as himself and was spoofed on Saturday Night Live, and Subway continued to feature him in commercials for years. Until 2015, the company cut ties with Fogel after the FBI raided his Indiana home in connection with the arrest of Russell C. Taylor, the longtime executive director of his foundation, on child pornography charges. Following a whirlwind of shocking allegations, crude jokes, and his own arrest, Fogel was sentenced on November 9, 2015, to more than 15 years in prison, 188 months per charge, to be served concurrently. After pleading guilty to a count apiece of possessing child pornography and traveling across state lines to have sex with a minor. Meanwhile, Taylor was sentenced last May to 27 years in federal prison after pleading guilty to 30 child pornography and sexual exploitation crimes for molesting nine children. And get ready. Again, listener discretion advised. I do not want children listening to this. If your children are listening to this, Stop them now. I don't even know if I can do this. After pleading guilty to 30 child pornography charges and sexual exploitation crimes for molesting nine children ages 9 to 16. And look, hey, in some of this, and I don't know if this article will get to it or not, Fogel was talking about children as young as 7 years old in this. Grooming children seven years old there hell is not good enough for this guy setting up cameras in his home to film victims without their knowledge his now ex-wife angela baldwin uh was convicted in october 2021 on four child exploitation and child pornography crimes and also sentenced in may to more than 33 years in prison Fogel remains locked up at the Federal Correction Institute in Inglewood, Colorado. A new investigation discovery docuseries delves into his rise and fall, revisiting chilling audio recordings of Fogel talking to a radio host who is trying to get him to admit to committing crimes against children. Producers also interviewed two survivors, Taylor's stepdaughters, who are speaking out for the first time. Here are all the bombshell details explored in Jared from Subway Catching a Monster. First, why did Rochelle Herman suspect Jared Fogel was a predator? And this is disturbing in and of itself. Florida radio host Rochelle Herman says the ID series that she, in the ID series, that she first met Fogel in the fall of 2006 when the American Heart Association reached out to her about doing an interview with the Subway pitchman. He was at least 30 minutes late, she recalls, although once he arrived, he was very cordial, personable, but he had an ego. He was flirtatious, which Herman, a divorced mother of two, admittedly found flattering. Afterwards, Herman recalls, she told Fogel that her daughter, Angela, wanted to meet him. In the series, she takes a photo of Fogel with 
her child uh, out of a box. Uh, looking at it brings back horrible memories. It's like putting your children in the mouth of a shark. After their first meeting, Herman also sat down with Fogel in the auditorium of a Sarasota, Sarasota Middle School to film an interview segment for TV. Now, prepare yourself for this. Just before the camera started rolling, she says, he leaned over to her, just out of the blue, and tells me how hot he thought middle school girls were. I just shut down. Did I really just hear what he just said to me? Yeah. This was uh, something else. When we come back, we'll take a look at some more of the uh, absolutely disgusting, disturbing, perverted, sick stuff that this idiot, Jared Fogel, is accused of doing, spending time in prison right now. Thank God, not out, not out in society, but apparently he's the god of the perverts. What a, what a thing to aspire to be. We'll discuss it more right after this. And 370. Input new data, live science website. Humans invented the radio around 1900, built the first computer in 1945 and are now in the business of mass producing handheld devices capable of making billions of calculations per second. Full-blown artificial intelligence may be right around the corner, and futurist Seth Shostak said that's reason enough to reframe our search for intelligent aliens. Simply put, we should be looking for machines, not little green men. Any alien society that invents radio, so we can hear them, within a few centuries, they've invented their successors, and I think that's important, because the successors are machines. Go Dark. 371. Further data required. We're back for the second half of the show. Again, listener discretion advised. I do not want children listening to this show. Uh, if you're triggered by such things, and who wouldn't be? Come on, let's just be honest. Like I said, I've done. I've been involved in in uh, law enforcement for 30 years. I've been involved in prosecution work. This makes me sick, and I've seen plenty of sick things. This piece of human garbage, Jared Fogle. Why did Rochelle Herman start taping Jared Fogel? Continuing the eOnline.com article about the new series uh, exploring his downfall and uh, and uh, what ended him up in the FBI crosshairs to begin with. Acknowledging in the series that she had no tangible evidence to take to police, but determined to find out who Fogel really was, Herman started looking for proof of any past misbehavior. Long story short, she didn't find any. No arrest records or charges, no negative stories from people who knew him. Couldn't find anything of a deviant nature, she says. With no other proof, Herman says, I knew I needed to get Jared on tape in his own words, his own voice, expressing his desires, his confessions, and especially his plans for children. She admits it wasn't the most thought-out plan, and also she was committing a crime. Florida's a two-party consent state when it comes to recording a conversation. So when she brings this to the FBI, she finds out that she actually has been committing a crime. The tapes will not hold up in court, but in lieu of prosecution of her, she agrees to work for the FBI. When other opportunity when another opportunity to interview Fogel arose six months later, Herman accepted, and she says during the meeting she got his cell phone number. 
They talked a few times, she says, and he didn't say anything inappropriate about children. So Herman decided she had to get closer to him. They arranged for her to meet him in West Palm, in West Palm Beach on one of his motivational speaking trips. She recalls going to his hotel room where he became very, quote, hands-on. As she pulled away, she, alleg- she alleges he leaned over and told her how hot it would be if I put my hair in pigtails and would do that for him. That combined with what he told, me, told her at the school made my skin crawl. I was shaking. I was trying not to allow any of my sickening feelings inside to be expressed on my face. I had to get out, and as soon as he went to the restroom and closed the door, I grabbed my bag and I walked to my car as quickly as possible. Fogel called her and she made an excuse, but then she continued. She found out that the dictaphone she had tucked in her bag hadn't recorded Fogel as clearly as she would have hoped it would. They continued to talk on the phone, and uh, she was using herself as a honey trap in hopes of getting Fogel to open up about his desires. In one recording exerted in the series, she asked him what was the craziest thing he wanted to do, and he replied, I want to do everything. She then asked him if he was interested in someone young, and if so, how do we do that? He said, I'll have to figure it out, and we can work on that. When she pressed him how young, he suggested middle school. Then she countered with like 9 or 10, and he agreed. And I'm not going to go into some of the more explicit stuff he, he said. I'm not going to give this monstrous pervert the... the, the, the <clears throat> the credibility of that again you watch this documentary if, which goes a little little further than i'd like for it to quite honestly she recorded the conversations with fogel for three years in part the oversight of the fbi's sarasota office with agents advising her how to begin and end each call after which she would immediately turn over the tapes but uh they but there wasn't a lot they could do about it honestly he he really was confessing to nothing uh, if he was just you know just explicitly stating these fantasies weren't breaking a law without him acting upon it in some sort of way he did claim he went to thailand where he uh he uh molested a minor over there but again there there was no tangible proof it is not something that was actionable in court and it ends up falling apart not not even really through her work but through his charitable foundation guy getting busted on some other charges which led to him so in other words you know there was he was he was being way too open about everything too you can just tell this idiot was not the smartest guy in the world he's going to get caught uh just because he was so nonchalant about these these uh these predator ambitions he had. The, um, I'm skip over uh, some of this stuff I don't even want to begin to go into. Uh, by 2010, Herman says that uh, she and Fogel were no longer in contact. Unhappy with what she felt was the FBI's inactivity and feeling like her own life was unraveling, uh, she went to the Sarasota Police Department to report Fogel. Now retired Sarasota PD detective uh, Chris Catzano recalls interviewing Herman on May 13, 2012 and admittedly wondering at first, is this a person that is enamored with a celebrity? But then she said, Herman showed us the evidence. The evidence included recordings played in the series of Fogel telling Herman to describe her kids for him and asking her if she had let him see her kids naked. When I listened to Rochelle's tapes, I was shocked. 
I genuinely was shocked. He comes across as a clean-cut guy, but predators come in many shapes, forms, and oftentimes can be people we have a lot of respect for. I was very disturbed. I was concerned there was a possibility this man was going to do things. But the detective explains, while she confirmed with the FBI that there was an active investigation, uh, since Fogel lived out of state, there was no evidence he had committed a crime in Sarasota, so the police couldn't arrest him. Herman recalls telling the detective she was going to play her tapes on her radio show, and Katzarno uh, says she told her, don't do that, that would not be a good idea. In the ID series, the former Indiana State Police Captain Chuck Cohen recalls getting a heads up from a state trooper he knew who told Cohen that he had a friend who'd been in communication with a man sending images that depicted bestiality. Cohen brought this to an investigator, and that led to Taylor being identified as the guy sending the messages that mentioned the, uh, the, the sex acts with animals. The act of that act was, was illegal in Indiana. But it wasn't illegal to possess images or videos depicting it. But if there were images, that could mean activity. So authorities executed a search warrant at Taylor's house looking for those images. But what they found was uh, child pornography as well. Um, Authorities found videos ultimately proved to have been produced by cameras that his uh, charitable foundation guy had there on premises. And so they knew they had been produced there, and so that ends up with uh, Russell Taylor's arrest. So this is where it starts un- uh, unfolding for this monster, Jared. How did Russell Taylor's cooperation lead to Jared Fogel's arrest? Well, there's no honor among thieves, apparently no honor among predators either, as he rolls on them, of course. Investigators found thousands of text messages and numerous horrible images and videos of children in Taylor's possession. Overall, they identified 12 victims. They soon found that Taylor had sent an image of a nude child to Fogel, and Taylor told investigators that Fogel had actually been out to dinner with the child in the picture. And instead of reporting it to police or telling Taylor not to send him anything like that again, Fogel responded with a lewd message. That exchange prompted the investigation into Fogel. Assistant U.S. Attorney Stephen DeBroda recalls in the ID Channel series, and on July 7, 2015, the FBI raided Fogel's house, much to his neighbors and most of the rest of the country's astonishment. When prosecutors shared in court documents released in the tw- August 2015 that Fogel had admitted to possessing child pornography involving 12 minors and having sex with two minors, Subway, which announced it was cutting ties with its longtime pitchman, immediately followed the raid on his house, posted on the chain's Facebook page, quote, Jared Fogel's actions are inexcusable and do not represent our brand's values. We had already ended our relationship with Jared. Addressing the court before he was sentenced that November, Fogel told Judge uh, Tanya Walton Pratt, quote, I went from being raised with good solid morals and values to living a life of deception, lies, and complete self-centeredness. I had become dependent on alcohol, porn, and prostitutes. The victims that I have harmed as a result of my decisions will carry a huge burden for the rest of their lives. Not a day will go by that I don't think about them. I take full and absolute responsibility for what I've done. 
his defense team brought in an expert who testified that Fogle had, quote, mild pedophilia. What the hell? What? Which the judge shot down in court as not a diagnosis. Who is this idiot? I want to know. I want to. I want to name drop this quote expert. Who is this freaking moron? Jared Folk, mild pedophilia. Are you even fucking kidding me? Jared Folk, mild pedo. Who is? I want to. What is this idiot's name? Uh, when a psychiatrist. I hope he got his license suspended, freaking moron. When a psychiatrist testifying on behalf of Gerald suggested that Fogel suffered from mild pedophilia, a term which drew a quick backlash and not just... Okay, anyway, get on. What is this idiot's name? In short, many experts did not... Come on, come on. Tell this moron's name. Um, uh, oh, come on. Please name this, this moron. Forensic psychiatrist Dr. John Bradford of the University of Ottawa. Let's Google Dr. John Bradford of the University of Ottawa. Okay, Let's see who this idiot is. This is named, by the way, in the Indy Star News. Look, I don't, I don't even I like. Jared's sitting in prison right now, which is right where he deserves to be. Where's this idiot here that thinks mild pedophilia is a thing? John Bradford, emeritus professor, University of Ottawa. If you're listening to this, Bradford, you're a freaking idiot. I don't care what kind of doctorate you got on your wall. You're not a doc. You're a doctor of delusions. What you are. Dr. Bradford was previously the professor and head of the Division of Forensic Psychiatry. Look, okay, I'm on promo time, soapbox time, John Bradford. We've been very open about this over at whenitwascool.com. My wife, Tanya, has suffered through mental illness for her whole life. It's a thing we've talked often about on our shows. We've done special shows about it. We are all about removing the stigma stigma of mental illness. Psychiatry is a bunch of quacks themselves. Absolutely not based in nothing. We've had nothing but bad experiences with these so-called psychiatrists who want to dole out unproven, unsafe medicines on a, a, on a very fragile group of people. There are some good psychologists out there who who help, but I'm not convinced there's a psychiatrist one worth a good damn on planet Earth, quite frankly. John Bradford, emeritus professor, University of Ottawa. I don't. You don't even want to know what I want to say right now. Mild pedophilia. I'd like for you to get a mild firing from the University of wherever the hell you're at. Piece of trash. I can't even go on. Jerry goes to prison. Thank God. I hope he stays there forever. Freaking morons. While there was no concrete evidence Fogel had done any of the things he talked about, DeBroda says in the series the existence of the tape showed he had a sexual interest in minors and a long-standing and persistent pattern of behavior. It's not one moment of bad judgment. It's not a small addiction. Mild. Oh, freaking idiot it's a major problem and pratt invoked audio recordings as proof fogel had spoken of having an interest in minors as early as 2007 
On her way to sentencing him to 15 years and 8 months in federal prison, several years longer than the prosecution had asked for, good for this judge, hope she threw the book at John Idiot Doctor, whatever his name, like literally took a book and literally threw it at him. Oh, infuriating. I don't even know where I want to go from here. I'm, I'm having to compose myself, quite honestly. Here's a okay. So this is this is a recent article, March six, two thousand and three. We'll leave it off here because I can't even talk about this moron anymore. Rotten hell, Jared Fogle, and you piss poor doctors as well. I'm so mad I just closed my tab out, so I don't even know if I can find this freaking article again. But I did want to bring up one more. What was this? Uh, This is from stylecaster.com in an article that was published March 6th of this year, 2023. Where is Jared from Subway now? He was beaten by a fellow inmate who hates child molesters while serving 15 years for sex crimes. This is written by Sophie Hansen. Trigger warning, this article contains details of child abuse. For 15 years, he was a fast food spokesperson turned pop culture icon with a dark secret. In 2015, however, he fell from grace after becoming the subject of a FBI probe that revealed him to be a pedophile. So where is Jared from Subway now? He's serving time in federal prison for child sex crimes. It all began to unravel when Herman met Fogel in 2006, she hosted him on her local, because it's just going through basically the same stuff we'd already read. I was hoping we had a real close eye. Right, so, uh, uh, sentenced to 15 years, 8 months in Colorado prison and agreed to pay each of his victims $14,000 in restitution. Good Lord. Again, very poor. His projected release date is March 24, 2029, which is way too soon, according to the FBI online records. Two years into his sentence, Fogel was reported, reportedly beaten by fellow inmate Stephen Nigg, who pushed the disgraced spokesman down and unloaded a barrage of punches to his face. He had to hit him. That's how the whole thing started, said Nigg's brother Jimmy. He told people at the time he just can't be around child molesters. He doesn't like them. He continued that Stephen can't figure out why you would do that to kids. He says, I can't be around those people. Seems like my kind of guy there. It's just unbelievable. It's absolutely sickening. What the hell is wrong with people? What the hell is wrong with humanity? I'm sure there's there's somebody out there going, oh, don't be so hard on Jared. Well, fuck you. How about that? I'm sick of this, this, this idiot doctors. It's excuse making for everybody. My God, this is a victim in this freaking society I've ever seen in my life. Let's all get, let's all feel sad. Oh, let's all feel sad for the sandwich guy and his doctor and well, let's just, whatever. How about some people, how about there's, you know, hey, the devil's got angels too, buddy, and they walk among us. That's just a fact. That's it. I can't even do this show anymore. See you again here soon. Freaking moron. 
Excuse me, please. Let's don't talk negatively. Speaking of winners, surprise, surprise, whenitwascool.com is your home for retro pop culture articles and podcasts. To all our patron supporters, this is for you, Fannie Mae. Solid gold just like you and me. Family friendly and fun, whenitwascool.com.